our workforce studio. You know, aha, wait, awakening kind of moment. The, okay, something has to change. What if the next time you fall, you are with a patient or have a patient on your arm? VR Workforce Studio, podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work. As well as the professionals who have helped them. A job and a career. You, you got to look at how life changing this is. And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities. To help expand registered apprenticeship. These are their stories. Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities. Now, here is the host of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore. Welcome to episode 100 of the VR Workforce Studio podcast. We have an amazing show for you today. Our guest in the Big Inspiration Showcase, Ryan Mason, is simply unbelievable. Can't wait for you to hear her story. Carol Doback from RSA, as well as America's top podcast talent coach, Eric K. Johnson, both here to help us celebrate not only our 100th episode, but International Podcast Day and National Disability Employment Awareness Month, as well as Sherry Takamoto with our National Clearinghouse Report. You know, Betsy, as we celebrate our 100th episode, Listeners have been really excited about you joining the VR Workforce team as our co-host. Well, thanks, Rick. I am so happy to be here. And since I'm new to the podcast, I have some questions for you about what it takes to produce a podcast. Cool. (laughs) I know you always start with a big inspiration showcase, but take us back to 2015. What started as a recording of your monthly director's report that you emailed to staff and workforce partners turned into what we now know as the hugely successful VR Workforce Studio. Yeah. You know, the first episode was released on my dad's birthday, February 18th, uh, back in 2015. And we were excited to be able to share some of the updates and information from Wilson Workforce. And it turned into a thing. You know, the next thing I know, we've had 31,000 downloads with these success stories. Well, that is amazing. Share with us, though, some of your reflections on your 100 episodes, some of your favorite stories. Well, there's so many. I really hate to pick one, but the the episode with the Blue Man Group, which my son helped set up backstage uh, with Jason McLean, amazing to hear their story and how their outreach has affected so many people with autism. Of course, Vicki Lee Varner, former Miss Wheelchair of Virginia, is an amazing guest. Rod Early, seven months from... Uh, the time he was almost killed in an accident until he went back to work, uh, walking again. You know, those stories touch people's lives. Uh, but George Dennehy, who now is known for the National Anthem for Voc Rehab, all all great episodes. Yes, what an amazing musician George is. Is it hard, though, to listen to some of these old episodes, especially of people who are no longer with us, like Jim Rothrock? Yeah. What impact did wow. Jim have on the podcast? Well, it was substantial. You know, he always used the phrase, never confuse being alert with being awake. And uh, he was a great supporter. I remember one of our first episodes, he took to the beach on CD and came back and went to the State Rehabilitation Council meeting, held it up and said, folks, we're on to something. So... <laughs> Yeah, he'll always be a big part of this podcast. And of course, none of this would have been possible without the support of the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation and other sponsors. 
Who are some of the greatest supporters who have helped you along the way to episode 100? Oh, wow. There's so many. Kathy West Evans and Steve Wooderson out at CSAVR. Of course, their social media person, Daniel Guest, and uh, one of their marketing consultants, Katia Albanese. We have such a friend in Paul Stennon out at the uh, Office of Special Ed and Rehab Services. Uh, RSA commissioners, Carol, and all of the former RSA commissioners. Of course, Jim Rothrock, Kathy Hayfield, uh, National Rehabilitation Association, business leaders like David Casey and Dwayne Rohr from CVS, uh, Hershey's Karen Van Curen. There's just been so many others, Dave Jackson and Eric K. Johnson in the podcast community. And of course, that list couldn't be complete without listeners. And we thank each and every person who gives their time uh, and support to this podcast. There's one other really special person in this whole process. Happens to be my brother, Randy Sizemore, who does all of our tech support and all the back end work. He's simply a genius and uh, does exceptional work. And I'd like to thank you and the marketing professionals at uh, Virginia Department for Aging Rehab Services. You've always been there for me to uplift and support. And so thank you. And thank you for joining us on this VR workforce team. Well, Rick, you are the true rock star here and leader of the band for these 100 episodes. So here's to the next 100 episodes. Thank you, Betsy. We're delighted to have Ryan Mason, a former ER nurse who transitioned into case management, now a nurse again. She is a spokesperson and disability advocate, uses social media to spread some very important messages about EDS, a genetic disorder that affects connective tissue, primarily the skin, joints, and blood vessels. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, you've had quite uh, a ride, quite a journey in terms of your disability and career as a nurse. Maybe we could start with uh, you just giving us the story of of your disability and nursing career. Sure. Um, So I was diagnosed with a genetic collagen disorder called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome um, when I was about 16 years old. Um, It's actually something I was born with. And like you said, it affects all of the collagen in my body, which is kind of like the glue that holds me together. So it affects my skin, my joints, my organs, pretty much everything. Um, just makes everything too stretchy, um, leading me to be prone to dislocations, um, very hypermobile joints, very flexible kid. Um, we didn't think anything of it when I was young, just kind of thought that, you know, I was a kid that would get my feet stuck by my head, behind my head and just roll around on the floor. Seemed like you had, oh. seemed like you had a lot of fun with it, uh, with your, oh, for sure. with, the, with the kids in your class talking about how flexible you were. And then it turned out to be something more serious. Absolutely. Growing up, you know, it didn't bother me a bit. The only real, um, symptom that I had that I remember from my childhood was, um, from birth, my right shoulder would dislocate over a hundred times a day, wow. but it would immediately slip back into the joint. It wasn't painful in any way. We just knew of as my trick shoulder. And when they would ask what our talents were in class, I said, well, I can get out of a straight jacket. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something bad at all. Um, and so it wasn't until I was 16 that I went to a an appointment for my sister who was getting looked at um, for a different genetic disorder that she ended up not having. But <laughs> I was there with her mm-hmm. at the appointment and the doctor said um, he saw how I was standing and the way I was holding my body and asked if I would um, mind being um, observed. And so I did. And he was like, oh, have you ever heard of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which, of course, 
the answer was no. And that was, that was the beginning. So, um, and yet, and yet you had a successful career as an ER nurse for quite a while. I did. Um, around the same time I, you know, I was in and out of the ER constantly, um, for different dislocations, for falls, um, things that were all related to my disability, but we didn't know at the time. Um, and it seemed like there was one year around the time I was 15, 16, where I was in, in and out of the ER constantly. My mom made a joke. She's like, Ryan, you know, if you're going to be here all the time, you might as well get paid get a to job. push a stretcher. <laughs> exactly. Um, and at the time, I was a dancer. Um, I was in theater. I was a singer. I was in no way, shape, or form medical. And there was no one in my family that was medical at all. I came, came from a family of jazz musicians, yoga teachers, and artists. So, no. <laughs> and I, I said, well, okay. Um, I don't like it when people tell me things that I cannot do. So I said, well, I can't think of anything scarier than working in the back of an ambulance. So that's exactly what I signed up to do. I took a, took night classes while I was in high school to become an EMT um, and ended up doing it, passing my test and absolutely fell in love with it um, because coming from my background as what I like to call myself a career patient, um, I you know, I knew exactly what it was like to be that patient sitting there in the bed, you know, being stared at by all these guys in white coats who speak a language mm-hmm. that sounds, could be, you know, Greek as for all, you know. Um, and I, I knew what that was like. And I had this experience that I was it's like, I think I can do this differently and, you know, hopefully in the long run better. So EDS became more prevalent in your, in your life. And there was a, a day you had to transition out of the ER and take on other jobs. Tell us about that transition and what happened. Sure. Um, so my real memories of being diagnosed with EDS when I was young was everyone just kept telling me, oh, well, you'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 20. Hmm. But when you're 16, you know, I, I was invincible. I was like, oh, okay, well, sure. But right now it's not bothering ten me at feet all. Tall, so. 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Oh, exactly. 100%. So I I didn't think anything of it. Um, and it just, as I got older and my the joints in my legs became a little bit more affected, um, I, it started that I could pop out both hips on command as kind of like a party trick when I was a kid. And then as I got older, every once in a while, a hip would kind of slip out while I was mm. walking and cause me to fall. And so it got to the point where my left hip began dislocating every time I would take a step. And at this point, I'm working as a charge nurse in an ER um, locally here to Roanoke. And uh, that was my dream job. I was working towards becoming a flight nurse. Um, That was my goal was to stay in ER and trauma for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. But suddenly I am falling more. Uh, My legs are going out from under me without any warning. Um, I had one fall at work, luckily, you know, not with a patient. I was just walking down the hallway by myself. And that was kind of my, you know, aha, wait, awakening kind of moment. The, okay, this, something has to change. What if the next time you fall, you are with a patient or have a patient on your arm? Yeah, crossroads. And, exactly. So I, um, I kind of took that as my sign and took myself 
out of the ER. I found a job that was away from the bedside in case management and said, okay, I'm going to take some time to get my health together. Um, I went to see my physical therapist thinking that I was going to be fitted for forearm crutches and ended up walking out with a prescription for a wheelchair because mm. my gait had just gotten so bad. Wow. Um, and ended up transitioning into this position away from the bedside, which was great for my health and exactly what I needed, but it was just so hard. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, let's fast forward to the point where you turned lemons into lemonade. You took the step back into nursing. I did, yes. What happened? Uh, so... COVID. <laughs> oh, it changed everything, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, around that time, I had really been, you know, I had been networking with other um, nurses in wheelchairs and realizing that, hey, this is a possibility for me. I don't have to be away from the bedside for the rest of my life. So I kind of got this idea in the back of my head and was like, I just really need to get somebody to give me a chance. So Around that time, COVID struck, and um, my hospital at the time, just like every hospital in the nation, was incredibly short-staffed, and so they started asking for help on the floors, and so I immediately signed up. I said, hey, I can work, you know, taking shifts as a nursing assistant, and they're like, are, are you sure? Can, can you do that? I said, yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Fake it till you make it, Absolutely. you know? And so <laughs> I signed up for some shifts, and it was really just... Um, to be able to prove to myself that yes, this is something that I can do. And so I signed up for those shifts and realized, okay, wait a minute. Yes, I am now, you know, I took these steps away from the bedside to become comfortable in my wheelchair. And now I've gotten to a point where my wheelchair is just an extension of my own body. Mm-hmm. So doing this job that I had done for years was difficult to try to, you know, rethink doing it from a completely different perspective that I'd been used to for the past 10 plus years. But I could do it. And so after that, that just lit a fire under me. So you're now fully engaged in the nursing career that you love working by the bedside. Any reflections on Virginia DARS? Oh, my goodness. It's such an incredible organization um, that obviously the cause is very near and dear to my heart. Um, and so I'm so glad to kind of have gotten to partner up with, partner up with DARS um, just because, like I said, being a nurse and also being a career patient, rehabilitation is a a big part of my career and my life. What is your most important message, advocacy message for 2021 for people with disabilities? It's definitely never stop fighting for what you believe in or what your dreams are just because you're in a wheelchair or suffering from some sort of disability, um, that does not mean that our lives should be any less fulfilled than anyone else's. And if there's a will, there's absolutely a way, no matter how many times they say no, just keep coming back, keep showing up. Ryan Mason is a nurse and spokesperson for disability uh, advocacy. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today, Ryan. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. As we continue our 100th episode, we're extremely fortunate to have one of the most distinguished leaders in vocational rehabilitation, Carol Doback, 
She's the acting deputy commissioner, delegated the authority to perform the functions and duties of the commissioner at the Rehabilitation Services Administration at the U.S. Department of Education. Carol joins us now from her office at RSA. Welcome, Carol. Well, thank you so much, Rick. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And congratulations to the VR Workforce Studio on its 100th podcast. You know, Carol, the episode we recorded back in 2018, in fact, that was, if you if you recall, backstage <laughs> at a VR conference, it's been one of our most popular episodes. And what we've learned over these past years is that there is a core group of VR clients, family members, VR professionals, and business leaders that are really inspired by the success stories that we publish. I, I know that's true. I myself, Rick, have viewed them and find them inspiring and are so grateful that you have the opportunity through these podcasts to share these stories. Well, this is our 100th episode, and we're delighted to have you join us today. Well, thank you. And all of us at RSA are very pleased to help support your work through through the uh, VR podcasts. I also want to take this opportunity, if I may, to thank the National Clearinghouse on Rehabilitation Training Materials and the opportunities that you provide through your podcast to highlight the work of the NCRTM. Uh, The NCRTM plays a vital role in vocational rehabilitation for individuals with disabilities by the webinars that it hosts, as well as all the materials that it makes available on its website, including materials that are technical assistance centers and other RSA-funded discretionary grants make available to VR professionals, including directors of agencies and counselors, families, educators, students, and other individuals with disabilities. There's a wealth of information there that helps them to provide vital services as well as understand the capacities of individuals with disabilities to obtain high-quality, competitive, integrated employment. We've loved working with the Clearinghouse and hearing from our listeners how much they enjoy Sherry Takamoto's reports, which always have materials and resources that can give them even more information and training opportunities about the topics that we've just discussed with our guests. Yes, I think through the podcast and the Clearinghouse working together, it's an invaluable resource for individuals in the field of vocational rehabilitation as well as individuals with disabilities and their families. Well, Carol, it's been a real honor. Thank you for joining us for episode 100. Well, thank you so much, Rick, for this opportunity to say congratulations to the VR Workforce Studio, as well as to thank you, Rick, personally for all that you do to support individuals with disabilities as they make their journeys through life and endeavor to obtain high-quality, competitive, integrated employment. We look forward to many more episodes from Workforce Studio. Carol, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Carol Doback is the acting deputy commissioner, delegated the authority to perform the functions and duties of the commissioner, the Rehabilitation Services Administration, U.S. Department of Education. We've included a link to Carol's podcast interview in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. The theme for National Disability Employment Awareness Month this year is America's Recovery. Powered by Inclusion. Hello, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. 
I've got an position at Masco Cabinetry. Good morning, U.S. Geological Survey. Tier 2 tech support chance. They can help you. I'm thrilled. This has been a dream of mine since I was in elementary school to drive a truck. I'm working at a computer tech company called CSC. I always wanted to be a nurse as I was a kid. I went from leaving the house maybe once a month to working 56 hours a week at a fantastic job. I just felt immediately engaged. I love my work and I'm earning good money. (laughs) I'm Kathy Hayfield, Commissioner of the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services. Join us as we celebrate the impact of disability inclusion on our workplaces and our communities. Learn more at VADRS.org. International Podcast Day is September 30th. As we continue celebrating our 100th episode, it's a real pleasure to welcome to our show for the first time one of the podcast community's leading authorities. Eric K. Johnson is the podcast talent coach and has been near the top of the radio rating since 2000. He's also coached many others to do the same with even greater success. Eric is a nationally recognized talent coach. He's an on-air personality and radio program director. Eric's been part of our VR Workforce Studio journey since the beginning. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my good friend, the podcast talent coach, Eric K. Johnson. Rick, thank you so much. I got to tell you, it's been a privilege working with you and your show, and it's incredibly exciting to see how vocational rehabilitation professionals from all across the nation are exploring the use of podcasting to really reach the disability community and employers. And it's just been an amazing ride. You know, when you you first came to me seeking ideas to improve the content and increase the impact that you have in the community, our first step was to really focus on the listener. And you guys have just done an amazing job really fine-tuning the content of this show, not only for those using vocational rehabilitation, but those working in the industry as well. And I just want to uh, say congratulations on reaching the 100th episode coming up here in September. It's just been uh, an amazing ride. And it's really, uh, it's really noticeable when you see the leaders in the industry that are taking notice. Uh, there's a, a podcast industry journal. It's called the Podcast Business Journal. And about your show, they said the Vocational Rehabilitation or VR Workforce Studio podcast has emerged over the past few years as the nation's voice for sharing these powerful and compelling stories of disability employment. To, to be recognized as the nation's voice, Rick, is just a tremendous accomplishment. And I want to congratulate you on that. But it's not just the industry professionals that are noticing. Listeners are really taking notice as well. The, the way your downloads and your audience has grown over the years is phenomenal. When we first started working together, that first year of episodes, you were right around 100 downloads an episode. And now as you approach 400 downloads per episode... That's a four times growth here, just over the first hundred episodes. Some of the episodes download nearly 2,000 times. How, how tremendous is that? The growth of the VR workforce audience and the VR workforce studio is not only gauged by your number of listeners, but also the types of people that are listening. It's people with disabilities. It's their families. 
the CSAVR, the Office of Special Education and Rehabilitative Services, uh, students at universities who are training to become rehabilitation professionals. It's just amazing the type of people you are attracting with this show. VR Workforce has just passed 31,000 downloads of the podcast since its inception. And it's just uh, fantastic and wonderful to see what you've been able to accomplish. And uh, I just once again want to congratulate you on approaching that 100th episode, Rick. Well, earlier this year, Eric joined us for a webinar through the University of Wisconsin Stout's Vocational Rehabilitation Institute. The webinar entitled Podcasting, The Sparks That Ignite Vocational Rehabilitation. The webinar is available on demand. In that webinar, we take you inside the VR Workforce Studio, answer all of your questions about podcasting, and bring you up close and personal with experts like Eric and our good friend Dave Jackson. The link to that webinar, as well as Eric's contact information, is in the show notes for episode 100. Eric, thank you again for all of your help, your coaching, and your friendship. It's been a real pleasure to have you on our podcast today. Oh, my pleasure, Rick. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your journey, and congratulations again. Well, it's time for our National Clearinghouse with the always entertaining and informative Sherry Takamoto. Welcome to the podcast, Sherry, for your final segment, sharing resources from the National Clearinghouse. Yes, I hate saying goodbye. I'm so sad. <laughs> yes. And I feel like with this 100th episode, we're just getting started. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've accepted a position at the Independent Center of Northern Virginia, which is the local center for independent living. Well, I'm certain that you'll do a great job and congratulations, uh, not only to you and the new job, but in all of the work that you've done uh, for the, the, the clearinghouse. This is a dream job for me as the Director of Disability Justice, and I'll be able to put into practice many of the things I've learned from the resources in the NCRTM and from this podcast. Right now, we're working on providing pre-employment transition services for Virginia DARS. Awesome. So we'll be working together. What do you have to share with us this month, though, from the Clearinghouse? I thought I'd share the NCRTM resources page. Many folks use the NCRTM resources page to quickly find the new RSA website, TA centers, and discretionary grants. But did you know you can also find our federal WIOA partners? And it's a great place to go when you're looking for something but don't know where to start. Absolutely. So for counselors who want to find out more about genetic conditions for their clients, the National Organization for Rare Disorders, or NORD, has information about conditions such as Ehlers-Danlos and information about Ehlers-Danlos support groups. Awesome. You can also link to PubMed and NARIC where you can find more information about the conditions, where you can check the resource database sections. And if you want to find your local center for independent living, like the one I work for, you can find them at the Administration for Community Living's links there. Outstanding. So the other thing I want to share, just because this is my swan song, is that 
The VR Workforce Studio podcast has pushed me to identify related resources to share during the show notes. This work has morphed into topical resource lists, and one of our most recent is the list on customized employment. Well, Sherry, congratulations to you again on all the work you've done at the Clearinghouse and in your new job. We're going to miss you, but you have been certainly uh, a key part of our podcast, and we wish you nothing but success in the future. Thanks, Rick. And it's just been the highlight of my job to share NCRTM resources for the VR Workforce Studio podcast. So happy 100th episode, and here's to the next 100. Thank you, Sherry. Next month, new NCRTM podcast reporter joins us. I promise you won't be disappointed with this new addition to the VR Workforce team. Here's Lynn Harris, director of the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The Foundation is pleased to bring you these exciting stories of how vocational rehabilitation is changing people's lives. Your support helps students gain the skills and credentials they need to be successful in business and industry. We thank all of our partners in podcasting who made this episode possible. The Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, CVS Health, and the Hershey Company. You can find out more about becoming a sponsor at wwrcf.org or find our contact information in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. You can always find another exciting episode as we podcast the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation here at the VR Workforce Studio. Until next time, I'm Rick Sizemore. The VR Workforce Studio podcast is owned and operated by the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The foundation publishes and distributes the VR Workforce Studio and manages all sponsor arrangements. Audio content for the podcast is provided to the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation by the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services in exchange for promotional considerations.